This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Post-match chat for chaps for that Millwall podcast where it finished at St Mary's. Southampton 1, Millwall 2. What a win. What a performance. What a game. What a man, Neil Harris. What a club. There is nothing more Millwall-like than going away to a team with far more resources, much better players, and shithousing a 2-1 win with only 20% possession against a side that had six times the amount of passes that we had. There is nothing more Millwall-like, and that is why we absolutely love being part of this Millwall family. I um, I couldn't go yesterday, but I've got to tell you, for the 2,800 that did, you were so loud and uh, it, it just looked like one of the best away days for a long, long time. Just a superb performance from all involved, the manager, the fans and the players. And it honestly feels we've got our Millwall back. It, it feels somehow, and I'll say this, Neil Harris in the space of three days has been able to galvanise this club in a way that I didn't think would be possible this season. And that, to me, just sums up why he is the right man to lead us into the battle that is the last 12 now games of football for the rest of this season. And if there's one man that can keep us up, it will be Sir Neil Harris. Um, Right, let's get into it then, as we normally do. Um, So I'll start off with... um, the the lineups um and then we'll sort of go through the game review and then what I'll also do is just talk a little bit about you know the magnitude and the importance of that win how we did it and of course I've got a few little cheeky stats for you as I've started to to throw in now but yeah let's start out then and and uh, I start with the Southampton lineup because for any Southampton fans listening to this um I I think your manager got the lineup wrong personally I was shocked uh, and there might be reasons, by the way, and feel free to tell me in the comments. But I was shocked that the likes of Adam Armstrong, Joe Roth, Rothwell and Suleiman are on the bench. I found that strange. Obviously, no Flynn Downs, who's a very important player for you. But yeah, it, it seemed like an odd lineup. I felt, you know, automatically, as soon as I saw that lineup, I felt we had more of a chance. Lineup that we went with, it wasn't the 11 I'd have picked. And it just shows you that Harris knows exactly what he's talking about. Harris picked a, an 11 that he felt would essentially, in my opinion, be the best out of possession. Because, and again, maybe this is where it shows football is not rocket science. He knew that Southampton would have 75, 80% of the possession. So he picked a team that he felt would be the best for that situation. And that won't be the best situation. That won't be the best team to pick for example, against Watford next week, when we'll probably expect to have more of the ball than we did. But the, the 11 he went with was Sarkic in goal, a, a flat back four, right back Ryan Leonard, Tanganga and Cooper remaining as captain, centre-backs, Danny Mack, left-back. Um, and in his post-match interview, Harris did come out and say that the reason he went from Ryan Leonard and Danny Mack was because they are, in his opinion, the best one-on-one defenders. 
And Southampton, the way they like to play is obviously lots of passing. They had over 700 passes yesterday with a 90% accuracy. But th- again, that tells me that all of their passing is just between them and, and, and not in places that will hurt us. And we'll get onto that later. But he wanted to play, you know, one-on-one defense. He's best one-on-one defenders. And I get that. So that was that. He then played um, kind of the, the sort of two holding in midfield were George Savile and Billy Mitchell returning to the side. The kind of wide players, if you were, were George Honeyman on the right, Ryan Longman in the left, and then Zian Fleming played just in behind Michael Obafemi. So that was the 11. And if you if you recall back to under Gary Rowett, we used to play the likes of George Honeyman high and wide. It's only recently when he's been deployed in the centre of the midfield. And when you think about it, the reason that Harris has played Longman and Honeyman there, and it's the reason why Rowett used to play Vogelsammer there and Honeyman, is because he trusts and depends on those to almost be additional defenders. And I think that says a lot about the type of 11 that Harris picked yesterday. And look, at the end of the day, the proof is in the pudding and we we won the game. So I feel like he got that right. Um, but Harris also sets the scene. So the players come out the tunnel and Harris, the first thing he does is he runs over to the Millwall fans, claps them, and that just, to me, sets the tone. And the thing I also want to point out here is not only has Harris done a great job, clearly, of galvanising the players, but he's galvanised the club. I, 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 I couldn't make yesterday due to, like, a family party. But I used, I, throughout the week, before Edwards sacking, the amount of tickets being offered up for free, you know, whereas yesterday, you, you couldn't get one. It was like gold dust. It was, it was, and then the fans from minute one were with the team. Now that doesn't just happen. There is no way that would have been the case if Edwards was still in charge because end of the day, we've had five straight defeats. Uh, sorry, four straight defeats coming into this. One win, sorry, one point in 21 and three goals scored in seven games. So there's no way that the fans would have gone there with that level of optimism. So I think credit really does need to be given to Harris for that. He said the right things. He comes out. He goes over to applaud the fans. The fans give him a super reception back. He points at the fans. He points at the players and said, right, let's get down to business. Game kicks off. I think the first couple of minutes were a little bit nervy. Our fans were incredibly loud listening on the on the te- on the telly. But majority of the game is all you could hear. I've seen lots of comments from Southampton fans saying how much they hate the... Uh, but that's good. That's what it's there for. So every couple of minutes. But then... We do get our goal. So the goal comes from, actually, uh, our goal kick. Sarkic lumps it up forwards. We win a free kick. Zian Fleming goes down. It is soft, you know, and I know that Russell Martin, uh, and we will definitely talk about Russell Martin, like to have a whinge after that and say that it wasn't a free kick. And maybe he was right. It was soft. But there's a lot more to be done. So Savile, and let's be honest, we've been on the wrong end receiving end of a lot of decisions recently. So it's about time and it all it all balances out. Savile puts a, a ball into a good area. And I don't know whether this was deliberate, but if you watch it back, we do have them. And again, another thing Russell Martin pointed out was you do have a lot of players in offside position. The thing is he failed to realise is that all the players that are in offside positions weren't interfering with the ball. That then allows Tanganga and Cooper to make a slightly deeper, deeper run. Tanganga... He's got his back to goal and he doesn't see the goalkeeper coming. He just sort of backheads it towards the goal. The keeper, Bazuna, I don't know what he's doing. He's come 
charging out, got nowhere near it, and the ball just ends up trickling in back of the empty net. And if I'm honest, I didn't celebrate for the first couple of seconds because I thought he's going to blow up here. And if anything, it was a penalty. So it's funny how Russell Martin doesn't notice that because Bazunu comes out and absolutely clatters Tanganga, gets nowhere near, but Tanganga's bravery backheads it. Thankfully, he's okay after that. It looked a little bit dodgy to start with. And on with, it didn't go in. To me, that's a penalty. And we go 1-0 up, and, and that's Tanganga's actually his first professional goal, which I didn't realise that that was the case. But we, we go 1-0 up, and, and it's, uh, you know... The away to see that away end just go into absolute. It was. It looked like Carney's there. It looked. It looked. It looked pucker. I'm absolutely gutted. I wasn't there, but it just looked immense. And to go one nil up was just outstanding. And you're like, okay, well, how does this team react to that? How how do we then go on to manage the game? But going one nil up so early, which you know you've seen us do all season. We we start games well, and then we we start to dwindle off. Well, they could have equalised quite quickly. A ball over towards the back post. Che Adams heads it back across goal. And who's there again? Jaffet Tanganga to head it off the line. Super defending. And that is as good as a goal. So I'm telling you now already, my man of the match is Jaffet Tanganga. He scored a goal and stopped one from going in the net. That's, you know, you can't argue with the stats. And he was, and his overall defensive play as well, which we will talk about, was outstanding. So Tanganga does really well there. We then have a half a decent chance as we break from their set piece. And it was just great to see. We had five players bombing forwards. Obafemi does well, holds the ball up. Honeyman kind of nicks it off him, but passes it out to Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell runs with the ball, drives, drives. And then this is where it kind of breaks down. Billy Mitchell's ball isn't the best. And then Danny Mack, who's rampaging down the left-hand side, obviously doesn't want to take a cross on first time with his left foot. So between them, we slow it down. Danny Mack then does put a decent ball in, but it's just too close to the penalty box and it goes just wide. If, if we'd have managed to move that ball just a little bit quicker, Obafemi was open on the right-hand side and we could have uh, created another goal-scoring opportunity. Uh, that was a, a good opportunity for us. However, they do equalise. I think it's about 33, 34-minute mark. And, and up to this point, other than the chance I just talked about with Jay Adams, they, 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 you know, they've got loads of the ball. There's, there's no denying it. Um, and one thing that was really prominent to me today is we allowed it. So we allowed them to have the ball up until the edge of our penalty area. And that's where we stepped in and tried to intercept. And it's really interesting because I've got some stats that I'll show you a little bit later on around the tackles. The majority of our tackles came in our defensive third. We allowed them the ball because we didn't feel that would hurt them. And that has to be deliberate. That has to be deliberate. The structure throughout the whole game was managed superbly. And that is from a group of players that the mentality must have been at an all-time low. So again, that has to go to credit down to Harris. However, we then take the lead from the penalty spot. But the what happens is here is, is Longman does well on the left-hand side. He then puts a ball sort of hung up towards the back post. It wasn't a bad ball at all, but no one was there. Leonard manages to keep it in play keep the ball going, gets to the byline, chops it back. And Obafemi actually takes it off the toes of Fleming. If you watch back, Fleming starts to whinge at him. And Obafemi does really well to get a shot away. It's on target. And ultimately, it does hit an outstretched arm of Bednarek. Now, is it harsh? I mean, no, I don't think it was, to be honest with you. I think that 
you know, Ben Rex, you know, first thing he did was to hold his head as if it's say it hit him in the face. It didn't. It is arm. And this is similar to the Savile penalty that, that was given away. I think it was against Huddersfield for us. His arm's out here. At the end of the day, it's a penalty. So we get the penalty and then how's your bottle, Zian Fleming, to, to step up right on the stroke of half time, knowing what's riding on that goal and to put it where he did. At the end of the day, I don't know whether he struck it cleanly, but I think he did. Depends what angle you've seen it from. But it's it's perfect. Arrow into the bottom corner. No keeper saving that. Off the post and in. Bazuna sent the wrong way. And then we go into halftime leading 2-1, which is, well, I can tell you now, that hasn't happened all season. So, you know, how how do we then react from that? And the second half, look, let, let's let's be real here. You know, we, we didn't really create much in the second half. Um, it was backs to the wall stuff. But in reality, when I look at my notes... I've only got three chances that they created. And I would say that one of them's a half chance from Armstrong who'd come on at this point with a header. Their main two chances was the ball breaks to Joe Rothwell, who's come on as well at this point. And he kind of just, and he, you know, he scored two, I think, in the game against Huddersfield. Really good technical player, Joe Rothwell. But he just, he, he just inside the penalty area, straight down the throat of... Matty Sarkic, who's just off-centre of his positioning. So you could say it's good positioning, but that seemed fairly routine for Sarkic. And then, of course, they have their big chance, their big moment, uh, where the ball... Um, so Suleimana does beat Danny Mack on this occasion, whips a good ball in, Adam Armstrong, unmarked, header. And this is an outstanding save, not just to get there and the, the, the athleticism to get there, to use his left foot to sort of push off and get down really low in the bottom corner, but also the concentration levels. And I've been critical of Sarkic for his concentration levels at times this season, where he seems to have a bit of an erratic spell. But when you need your goalkeeper right at the death to, to, to win you the match with a save, make no mistake about it, that is a bloody good save. And he gets there, and then we clear away the resulting corner. And the final whistle blows, and we have won the game 2-1. The effort levels of the players is outstanding. We only made three substitutions. It was just outstanding. I also want to give a mention here to Tanganga and George Honeyman, who got booked. Honeyman got booked on eight minutes and Tanga got booked on 13 minutes. And they both went on to play the full 90 and managed that situation really, really well. So I've got to give them credit as well. It was just a super, super performance. A defensive one, yes. And I'm sure if I'm a Southampton fan listening to this, you're probably thinking... You know what, you're, you're happy. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. He defending for the whole game and, and nicking the odd goal on the counter-attack. And my answer to that is, yes, I am. At the end of the day, we, we don't have the... We, we've tried to play nice tippy-tappy football and it just didn't work for us because we haven't got the players. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, Southampton, very good side, lots of great players. But when it comes to actually how many clear-cut chances did they create, they didn't really create any. Um, we actually had very similar XGs. I think, you know, Southampton had 1.6 to our 1.3. So in actual expected goals, th th there wasn't much in it. Um, so I say that's a super performance. And then, of course, the scenes at the end with Harris... Going up to the to the to the fans, the players, um, you know, even the likes of Zian Fleming, you could just see the smile on his face. 
And every single fan that went there yesterday, that 2,800, you deserve that because for those that do travel up and down the country to watch this group, it hasn't been happy travelling recently. So you all really deserve that. And we win the game 2-1. And good job we did because, make no mistake about it, we we had to win that game when you look at the results around us. Excuse me. We had to win that game with the results around us because everyone else won. You know, it was only Stoke who didn't, who find themselves in the bottom three. And if we had not have won that game, not only does the whole mentality for the whole club shift. Now, I, I can't wait for Watford. I guarantee you Watford, ticket sales this week will go off, will go through the roof. There is now so much more of a buzz around the place. We believe we can get out of this situation. Whereas imagine, even if we'd have drawn and they'd have equalised last minute, everything changes. It we're in the bottom we're in the bottom three we are then you know we don't have that win under our belts you know it's still it's then you know one win in eight or whatever it is make no mistake the performance was really important because we needed to see from these players that are up for it tick but the win especially with all the other teams around us was so important and to get both that now really kind of gives us a really good platform to build on. And next week will be a big challenge. We'll have to play very differently. There will be a level of expectation now because Watford are not playing well. We've just come off the back of a win and there'll be more importantly an expectation to take the game to them and have more of the ball. I fully expect the likes of maybe Casper Denor to come back into the side. I don't know because we will have more of the ball and he'll want us to utilise that. So, you know, I just want to really emphasise here just how important those three points were because if we'd have dropped into the bottom three, the mentality of this group could have been um, really, uh, you know, could have, could have taken a real, a real knock in. So I now want to move on um, to talk a bit about Neil Harris. So, you know, I think that a lot was made. It was definitely a split fan base when this was announced. And I was very much in the camp of surprise, but actually I think it's a good thing. And when it boiled down to it, do we think that Harris would keep us up over Edwards? You know, simple question. And my answer to that is yes. And I think, to me, Harris has already, in three days, fulfilled one of his objectives, which what he set out in his post in his um, announcement video, which is to reunite the club. And I think you saw that at the end of yesterday. You had the manager, the players and the fans all together. And now every one of them, I guarantee you, is looking forward to Watford. You roll back. A week ago, we weren't feeling like that. When I was recording this, I was talking about after losing home to Sheffield Wednesday 2-0. We also won yesterday, by the way. And I think what was obvious yesterday was there was just so much more structure and plan. And this is not to discredit Joe Edwards. And the way I, the kind of analogy I've got, right, is, and this is in all walks of life, you know, anyone listening to this in terms of your jobs, there's always people that are more technically gifted or more maybe have more expertise in the, the field in which they work in. And I would I would say that Joe Edwards is probably, and based on no knowledge, it's just it's just a, a guess and an assumption with the players that he's worked with and the I guess the uh, the, the managers he's been around, etc. That Joe Edwards is probably a better coach and more technical in terms of patterns of play than Neil Harris is. But Neil Harris, sometimes what you need is someone just to be a motivator and to say, right, this is the plan. This is what we're doing. You're doing this. You're doing that. And watch what happens. And that 
is just a very different style and it's what we need right now. So a lot of people made a big thing of the 18 month contract. For me, all we need to care about is keeping this division. And if we carry on like that, we will do. I think to kind of re-emphasize just how different the players carried out instructions yesterday, I'm going to flick up a stat on screen right now. So for anyone looking at this stat on screen, anyone that's not, it basically says it's a table. And all it says is total, Ipswich was 78, Sheffield Wednesday was 69, Southampton was 107. So any guesses as to what that is? What do these numbers actually mean? Because this is, I think, really important. And I'll now tell you what that they mean. <laughs> so essentially, this is total defensive actions. So what that what is included in that is all tackles, including whether they're kind of tackles in in just whilst the game is sort of during a pass, or it tackles where uh, a player has tried to dribble past someone, blocks, clearances, and interceptions. So all defensive actions. And you can see there the difference between the, 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 the last three games. 107 against Southampton. And yes, some of it's representative of the ball they had. But then you can compare that to Ipswich. And that is a 55% uptick in defensive actions, Southampton versus Sheffield Wednesday. So that is players making challenges, attempting, attempting challenges, blocks, putting their bottom line to block, to clear, to intercept. Just look at the difference. Just look at the uptick in that. And that just, to me, shows you the difference in how the players have approached the game. Is that the manager? Is that the players? You can only say it must be the manager because he has clearly put a rocket up their ass. He's given them a structure they understand, the duties they understand, and we're seeing the result of it. And make no mistake about it, this is not going to be like this every game. I, I've, If I'm being really honest, I think we... Everything came together for us yesterday and we were probably a little bit lucky. We scored from a set piece and a penalty and we, you know, repelled 80% possession. But it worked, you know, nine times out of 10, we probably lose that game. But yesterday for us, was that lucky one? And, and Harris has to take a lot of credit for that. Another thing as well with, um, with these stats. So out of the 107 defensive actions against Southampton, Ryan Leonard and Tanganga were 20% each. 20% each. So between them, 41% of all defensive actions between Ryan Leonard and Jaffa Tanganga. And that, again, just shows their value and their importance in, in, in yesterday. Leonard didn't hardly let any crosses into the box. He's so good at one-on-one -on -one defending. He's also brilliant at players that are a lot quicker than him because he's got that athleticism, that pace off the mark to do that. Tanganga was just colossal at the back. So not only as he contributed all those defensive actions. He's also cleared one off the line and scored a goal. So I think this is a really important statistic because it just shows you the difference in approach and the difference in dedication to that. So I think that was really, really important. And then going to throw uh, just a tweet that uh, between myself and Alex Grace we put out earlier today. And this is around the sort of mentality of the group. So this was our first win of the season where the other team has scored a goal. Every other game we've won has been to nil. And consequently, that's the first time we've won a game where a team has pegged us back from a winning position. So we've never gone 1-0 up, a team has equalised, and then we've gone on to win the game the whole season. Which, again, just shows the mentality of the group and what Harris has instilled just in, the, in three days. I think that is just 
you know, I think that's it's you know really really telling. And then the final thing I would say on Neil Harris is that he so his last three managerial appointments, so he's he's obviously managed Cardiff, he's managed Gillingham, and he's managed Cambridge. He's got a minimum of seven points in his first four games for each of those three clubs. And God, we could do with that now. So more of the same, please, Mr. Harris, because I think seven points from four games would give us a really good platform to build off of. So I've already I've already talked about my man in the match, but I just want to talk for a few players. I think obviously Tanganga was outstanding. Ryan Leonard was outstanding. I think the effort levels of Billy Mitchell, George Saville, George Honeyman, Danny Mack, uh, Ryan Longman were all outstanding. There wasn't really a weak link to me. The goalkeeper stepped up when he needed to. A couple of people said that Obafemi maybe didn't put himself about as much. In actual fact, I've just realised, I don't think I've talked about Hampton's goal. I don't think I did. When they equalised 1-1, I won't talk it through, but Obafemi could have closed down a bit more on that. So, But uh, Obafemi, I do feel maybe, I think he's got a slight injury or if he's not fully fit yet. That would be my take on that because... I think it's fair that maybe he didn't put himself as much uh, about as much as, as Bradshaw did, but he won us the penalty. Ultimately, Obafemi won us the penalty. So I don't think it's fair to say he was the weak link. I've seen a few people say it, but I thought everyone was great. Everyone that came on on the subs bench was really good. I also want to point out Ian Fleming as well, because I heard a few people on various social media say that he was back to his best. I disagree. I think that was his best. And the reason I think that was his best is because even last season when he was impacting games with goals, he did not put the effort levels that he did in yesterday. He seemed to be all over that bloke. Like he was, at times he was like a man possessed. The effort levels from ZM Fleming yesterday, was I don't think I've seen that. And I certainly haven't seen the combination of him impacting a game with a goal and those effort levels. So I would say we, we saw the best version of ZM Fleming yesterday because he did both of those things. So, as I said, you know, my clear man of the match was Tanganga. Um, you know, he's he's starting to look, like, based on yesterday, he looked like a Rolls-Royce of a centre-half, and, and God, we've needed that. And and everyone everyone played their part, you know. Um, there's, there's, there's no... These sorts of results at places like Southampton don't just come. You know, that's Southampton's first loss at home this season when they've been level, obviously, other than starting the game at nil-nil. It's their first loss at home this season when they've been level in the match, when, when, when it's been 1-1. They always go on to win them. It's only the second time all season they've done that, even when you include away games. So they're not used to being level in games and going on to lose. And I think, again, I think we, you know, we need to take credit from that because that's, you know, that is just representative of the mentality shift. You know, the fact we're able to go on in these games and, and get that second goal and win. I feel like we owed them, you know, if you cast your mind back when Southampton beat us at the death in Adam Barrett's, I think it was, it was his last game in charge before Edwards was appointed. I think Ryan Fraser scored in 93 when they beat us at home. So, you know, I felt like we, I don't know whether that gave the players a little bit more of an added incentive, but I felt that um, we owed them and we, we take our first win since New Year's Day, which is, you know, it's <laughs> it's quite it's quite bad when you say it like that. Um, and we now need to go on and do something that other than our spell over Christmas, where we did win those three games that we haven't done since last March, which is to win back-to-back -back games. So, you know, we need to go now, home to Watford. It'll be a different challenge, but the players will be up for it. The fans will be up for it. Everyone will be up for it. And then we need to go on and do what we need to do, which is to win back-to-back -back games. So, Hampton fans, I think you, you've 
you uh, I've seen a few of you say, have you been found out? I don't know if you've been found out, but I just feel that Russell Martin needs to pick his best side. And at times you need to go a little bit more direct. I think that, you know, Russell Martin, I have to say, some of his behaviour post-game yesterday was a disgrace. To come out with the interview and to say that basically we didn't deserve either of the goals. I think it was two crap, crap goals, he said. And then uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, doing the rounds on social media, refused to shake the hand of Sarkic after the game, stalled off in a strop because Sarkic was time-wasting, I can only assume. But at the end of the day, every goalkeeper does it. Happened to us against Sheffield Wednesday. You need to grow a pair and move on. So clearly got a big ego, Mr. Russell Martin. And uh, I doubt for a second he's listened to this. But if he just concentrates on trying to win football matches rather than whinging about them, he might do a better job. But there we go. So look, ladies, gents, thank you very much for listening. I'm absolutely over the moon. I think to to go to, to St. Mary's, to win that game in the way in which we did, it really does feel like we got our Millwall back in. You know, I think Neil Harris has to take tremendous amount of credit for being able to do that and reunite the club in just three days. And now we all move move on and look forward to Watford at home next week. Right, that's it. Please do like, share, subscribe. By the way, it was really nice to bump into Barry yesterday. It's always nice to, to bump into listeners and have a good old chat. So uh, thanks again for all of your support and, and always the kind words and stuff. So, yeah, please do let me know your thoughts. Who was your man in the match? And uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you at Watford. Bye for now. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.